our guests, uh, Andrew Sullivan, founder of Asian Market Sense. Good morning, Andrew Sullivan. Good morning. Good morning. We'd also like to welcome uh, John Schofield, Managing Director, Tempest Investment. Good morning, John. Yes, hello. Good morning, Andrew. All right. Uh, gentlemen, it seems like things have calmed down a little bit in the markets. I mean, uh, most markets were down on Friday in Europe and Asia, although it seems like people have uh, got a renewed appetite for tech. The American bourses are looking good. Um, are we out of the woods yet, so to speak? I very much doubt that, to be honest. I mean, I think there's still a confidence crisis with the banking. And obviously, you've got the bond market now sort of uh, forecasting that the Fed's going to cut rates. So that's going to mean that uh, volatility and uh, reaction to news is going to continue to make things interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. John, what do you figure? Uh, yes, um, I think we're in a, a slight hiatus, uh, probably between Fed meetings. The next uh, Fed meeting uh, is not until um, mid-May, if I remember rightly. So, so we've got another lengthy pause while while the markets try and work out uh, what's going to happen uh, next. Well, I mean, everybody's had their eye on, on uh, Deutsche Bank, which I remember for years everybody was kind of down on Deutsche yeah. <laughs> and kind of waiting for something to happen there. Now that we're having a banking crisis, uh, mm -hmm. you know, eyes are on them. Olaf Scholz has come out and, and, and been very... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I can't tell if he's just talking uh, bold talk. Does he know what he's talking about? He says Deutsche mm -hmm. Bank has fundamentally modernized and reorganized its business and mm -hmm. is a very profitable bank. Um, does he know? Is he, is he on? Is he on the mark with that? Um, I don't. As you say, they've been rattling. rattling uh, Deutsche Bank uh, issues have been rattling around the markets for quite a long time. Uh, not dissimilar to Credit Suisse, um, but the whole uh, you know universal banking model. Um, has really broken down, I think, over the last uh, several several years. Um, but I would I would tend to take him at his word that uh, Deutsche Bank the the this crisis, financial crisis, if we can call it that, is very different from um, the two thousand and eight GFC in its genesis. It's not a it's not a credit problem. It's not because of uh, reckless lending to uh, subprime borrowers. It's um, an, an interest rate problem, a duration management problem, and um, is basically due to the fact that the Fed took so long to um, start responding to in inflation with with higher interest rates. So many of these, it's a different kind of management problem from that which existed before, um, and some banks had be been caught out, um, you know, very long. Uh, duration with but having to pay uh, um, you know increasingly high uh, rates of interest on the, on the, on their deposits and they've been so they, they now have a, a profitability problem I, I mean you, you call it the GFC I've been, I've been trying to popularize the term the AFC the Atlantic financial crisis because yeah. uh, <laughs> it is similar yeah. to 2008 and that it's, yeah. it's Americans and Europeans yeah. again I mean Canadians are fine um, Australians yeah. are fine Asian banks are fine right. yeah well, I think I mean, a lot of it, as, as I was just saying, I mean, it, it was the fact that actually for 15 years people haven't seen rising interest rates. And so, uh, you know, that there was, for a lot of people, there was no template, there was no reference point. Uh, and the fact, as, uh, as was said, you know, the fact that the Fed raised rates so quickly has caught people out. Mm -hmm. uh, so if people are looking at Deutsche as the next domino to fall, I mean, if it doesn't, 
Have we broken the chain? Are there, are there, I, haven't, I haven't heard a lot about other banks that people kind of have their eye on. Well, I think the thing is with Deutsche, I mean, it, it has been known to have problems in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did go through a, a basic restructuring starting about three years ago, and they've been following that through. Um, they did cut out a lot of their problem areas. Uh, they did you know, pull their horns in, so to speak, in many respects. So I would think that there are, as as Lagarde was saying, most of the European banks are better capitalised and and run better than they were 15 years ago. So there's nobody else that you've kind of got your eye on as a potential uh, problem bank? Well, no, but it, this is a matter of confidence. This is a matter of public confidence in the banks rather than the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to start a, a bank run, you know, out of, from this show, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking down the banks and the many, many Europeans that I'm sure listen rapidly. Um, uh, we've got some data coming up. The Chicago Fed Financial Conditions Index is coming up. Do you, I mean, are we expecting any surprises there? Well, I think the, the more important one is going to be the PCE, which is what the Fed looks at, uh, and that will be closely watched at the end of the week. Um, and uh, Because people are still trying to guess what, what, what the FOMC is going to do, and it said it's going to be data dependent, so people need to look at the data and probably the wider data as well. Mm-hmm. John? Uh, yes, the uh, financial conditions index is uh, quite an interesting. It's, a, it's very much a coincident indicator, but um, um, it's actually been showing easier since last October, I think. Um, it's been a- actually uh, falling, meaning easier financial conditions despite all this turmoil. But last uh, couple of weeks, predictably, it's, it's swung back up sharply. Um, so we don't know whether that direction of travelers um i think my point is that the um this the financial it's remained in easy territory for the last 15 years and um whereas you know in previous previous decades it it was um consistently in positive territory i.e tight conditions um in order to combat inflation so i i I think this will be a good indicator when the fed and when it gets back up to zero, i.e. neutral, um, and even goes above that level, then that only at that point um, we'll be, be able to say that the Fed is, uh, is, the financial conditions are tight enough to bear down on inflation. Okay, and we've, uh, I mean, I guess the other thing that everybody's mm. watching right now is the flow of money uh, in the U.S. from small regional mm. banks into the big players as people mm. get concerned about the how, how solid their banks are. I mean, it, there was there was a, there was quite a big shift in money uh, over the last couple of weeks, but it seems it seems like last week it's it's kind of tapered off now, and pe- it seems like money is starting to settle in the regional banks and, and not flowing out at the same rate. Is that is that something you're watching? Well, I mean, I don't think that's going to have a huge impact on Asia, to be honest with you. But I mean, obviously for the Americas, it is. Um, I mean, the, the reality is that out here in Asia, the banks are actually better capitalised and mm. are not seeing those flows of money. I mean, the only thing I think we see regionally is is sort of more money moving towards Singapore from Hong Kong with the uh, you know, general concerns there. And, and the fact that Hong Kong is now opened up, but, you know, Singapore opened up a couple of years ago has given them that advantage. Mm-hmm. And is that, is, I mean, but that's, that's mainly your high net worth individuals and... Uh Kind of the, the big money, so to speak, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and, and not, not smaller things. Um, you know, the other thing people talk about is, is this movement of uh, money out of banks into money market funds. Uh, and I mean, has this slowed at all? Is this is this another phenomenon that we're going to see slow down a little bit, or is that going to continue as long as interest rates stay mm. at their elevated levels? Uh, yes, I mean, if you try to squeeze a market rate of interest out of your 
any of the local banks here uh, in US dollars or otherwise, then then it's quite hard work. So the only way to get it, <laughs> actually, it's purely it. economic, it's, uh, you know, is to, to switch into a money market fund, which actually pay you, you know, the current interest rate. Um, but no, the, the serious point about the, uh, the banking system is, um, yes, so people are naturally uh, not sure where the next, you know, if there's going to be another uh, failure, bank failure in the state, obviously, the uh, investors, depositors have, have no means of predicting because they don't have the detailed knowledge of, of what e individual banks are doing and whether or not they're getting into trouble. So safety first, uh, pull your money out and stick it into a money market fund. Um, the Fed, meanwhile, is um, plugging the gap with its uh, emergency lending facilities. So they have gone up. Um, the use of those emergency lending facilities have gone up uh, rough, roughly in line with, with the, 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 the amount of money that's flowed into money markets. I think the, the other thing to bear in mind, though, I mean, money markets are now paying you, you know, over 4%. And I think one of the key things for people out here is going to be, as, as we're saying, you know, that makes it very attractive, and that's going to put pressure on why would money go into China now? Mm. If you can get 4% yeah. in a money market fund, you know, you're not chasing that extra little bit of premium that you've had to do over the last 10 years. Uh, and that's going to cause problems for China as it seeks to raise more financing. And, you know, the restructuring plan, plan of Evergrande really offered uh, nothing. Yeah. So, uh, so people are going to be disappointed. And, and the thing is that money now can move globally very quickly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, back to basics for, for some of our listeners here, who is, so if I put my money into a money market fund, who's backing that up? What kind of protection do I have? Or, you know, it's the safest of the safe, but I mean, uh, you know, I'm thinking of second and third level market effects, mm -hmm. you know, that we might not have seen work their way into the system yet. Who, who's backing a money market fund? Well, most of them are, are, are short dated U.S. treasuries, which are you know, the most liquid and secure. And that's why people like them. Mm hmm. So, so people, yeah. So, I mean, as long as the U.S. Fed, as long as the U.S. banking system holds, theoretically, you're okay. Well, as long as the U.S. government doesn't go bust, yeah. <laughs> and the, and the fund itself hasn't been up to some hanky panky in the. No, these are very straightforward funds. They just invest in short-term instruments that are very clear and transparent. Okay, and I've, I've I, you know, I've heard some analysts out there saying that maybe chasing the safest returns right now, psychologically, it might make people feel better, but it isn't necessarily. Uh, the best move they could be making in this market. Uh, we're starting to see some people heading back into tech and growth stocks. I mean, what, what is your take on that? Are people playing it too safe now? Have they kind of been spooked and they're they're fighting, you know, the battle of of a couple of you know a couple of weeks ago? I mean, well, I think they've got the problem. I mean, if 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 the bond market is right and the Fed is going to cut rates and we're going to see easy money again, mm -hmm. then then that's advantageous for tech. Um, if we believe Powell and the fact that they are really worried about inflation and therefore will keep rates higher for longer, then then the tech industry is, is the valuations just don't make sense. Um, and it's that uncertainty which is creating the current volatility and to an extent it, it, it's the fear element that's uh, overrunning the market. Yeah, Don? Yeah, um, it's interesting that the overall market volatility hasn't been that great in terms of... Uh, Say the S and P five hundred, for example, it stayed within a range, although we've had, you know, day to day spikes. Um, but what we have seen is a complete reversal of last year's trend, which was to sell, uh, sell tech in particular and growth stocks in general, and um, and invest in 
you know, high yield value stocks, guess what? Uh, oil and gas and banks. And uh, those latter two uh, sectors are obviously in a lot of pressure. Um, meanwhile, people see, you know, the long term prospects of, of, the, of the big tech companies are, are, are largely unchanged now that the valuations are, are more reasonable. Okay, so 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 uh, so the clear message is uh, maybe people are being a little bit too conservative, and they could afford to take a little a little more risk as as things start to stabilize a little bit, and the prospect of interest rates mm. plateauing, if not if not coming down. Well, I think people will stay safe until there's clarity, and and uh, as we're saying, you know, there is no clarity at the moment. Uh, there's just uncertainty. Mm. And John, is that a pretty good summary? Um, yeah, so you could adopt a sort of barbell strategy. We have most of your money in safe uh, money market funds or even uh, Bitcoin if that's, uh, that's your thing. But start to selectively look to, look to take advantage of some of the long-term opportunities. Okay. At, at the end of the day, it's going to be a matter of having a balanced portfolio. I mean, you still want some of those growth names, but you still want some good fundamental stocks as well. And I think really the thing to be looking at now is, is whether you can pick up some good fundamental stocks or growth stocks at more reasonable valuations than you could six months ago. And uh, who would be on that list? Well, I mean, you, you still, you know, a lot of, lot of the, uh, the dividend plays that have been out of favour for a long time, mm. you know, did see a rally, you know, earlier. Uh, they have now come back off as people have rotated into tech. So, but it's, it, it's a matter of looking at each individual sector. I mean, interest rates in the US are fixed rates. So if interest rates stay high, you get less housing transactions and you get more DIY. So then you might look at something like Tektronics. Mm. Um, this is, you know, it's just a matter of looking at individual scenarios and, you know, really assessing people's own risk appetite. I mean, utilities were performing well last week. Was that, is that what you would consider somebody uh, you could depend on for, div as, for as a dividend uh, stream? Well, they always have been historically, and I don't think that's going to change. But again, uh, they will also benefit from the, from the easing of energy prices as well. Okay. And how about locally? Uh, do you guys see, we haven't talked a lot about what's happening in Hong Kong. Do you guys have your eye on, on any particular sectors or companies in Hong Kong that you... Uh, Think people should take a closer look at. I think the um, you know the behaviour of the Hang Seng Index is pretty much reflects um, those global trends, and uh, certainly one would be looking to looking to buy the uh, you know the, the high quality tech companies. And yeah. I think yeah, we've got in Chinese industrial profits coming out later this morning, so that will be something that certainly for mm. for today that people will watching carefully as to how quickly the recovery in China is actually going to be effective. Okay, it sounds good. So, uh, well, gentlemen, that's great and uh, fantastic. Well, I'm going to thank you both very much for being on the show this morning. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have with us Andrew Sullivan, who's a regular on the show. Always glad to have him back on. He is the founder at Asian Market Sense and was joined today by John Schofield, Managing Director at Tempest Investment. Thank you very much for joining us today, gentlemen.